0: Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100WattsAndAWire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed found under each episode. While you're there, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can help make 100 Watts and a Wire listener-supported. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. That's 100WattsAndAWire.com. And... Icom Communicate with the best. Communication has never been so fun than with ICOM. From DSTAR to SDR, ICOM uses the most advanced technology in their radios. And BioNOPower, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B-I-O-E-N-N-O-P-O-W-E-R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide.
1: And now from Grid Square Echo Mike forty eight, this is one hundred watts and a wire.
0: Oh, that's right. Hello everyone, and let's start at the top with the big news. Okay, we'll get to Bouvet in just a moment, but let me first congratulate The great American city of Philadelphia on their Super Bowl victory over the New England Patriots. What a game. What a game. And like the people, the fine working class people of that city, what an aggressive show of play calling. They went for it when you'd think they wouldn't. Took some chances, did some things that were different. I loved it. Great game. And you know you have to respect Tom Brady, although you may not want to. This guy had 10 seconds left in the game and about, oh, 50 yards to go. And you still didn't think you had this one. You just didn't know yet. It just wasn't, you just couldn't know it. Until that ball hit the ground and Gronkowski did not catch it in the end zone. That's respect right there. When a guy has to throw a bomb, a Hail Mary, they like to call that one. With 10 seconds to go, final play. And you just don't know if the game is over yet. Most teams get it back with a minute and a half, two minutes left. Done. You're done. You're cooked. Congratulations uh, to my friends that live there. And I I lived there for six years, from 1998 to 2003. Loved it. The city was great to me. Coming up from Baltimore, a Baltimore kid. Living in Philadelphia, very much a blue-collar town. Working class, good, hard-working people. Great history and great food. I'm very happy for the city of Philadelphia. And today you woke up and it is now baseball season. Who cares about football, right? I don't care. I really had no horse in the race, but really was pulling for the Eagles. But last week, my Baltimore Orioles arrived in Florida. They're unloading the truck. In 66 degree weather. Hello. Here's baseball season. I hope everybody is good this morning. We are coming to you from the satellite studio in St. Louis. So you're bound to hear production happening. People banging and doing whatever around me. And that's just what we're going to deal with today. Frankly, I uh, slept a little longer than I normally do. I woke up at 6.20 a.m which you think wow that's pretty early still Mm. usually it's you know the front side of that five o'clock hour five to five thirty and i'm up and i would record this show in my studio well had hit the road got things to do so here we are you may hear a uh, truck backing up um kids screaming. You may hear someone get their fingers severed off by a faulty thing here on the lift. Anything could happen now in the world of production. Let's hope everything runs smoothly. Speaking of the bouvet De Expedition, the Bouvet Island, the most remote island in the world. At least that's how it was positioned. Couldn't tell you because you would not find the sea child anywhere near Bouvet Island. Uh, hats off to this team. What courage they must have had to travel so far. And if you're following along with the Bouvet, uh, the Bouvet Island de-Expedition and the team, now they have a website... It's bouvetdx.org, and they kept you up to date with photos, their training. I mean, this was no joke, man. This was no joke, and there were so many hams so excited to work Bouvet Island. They were going to be there for two weeks no matter when they hit, even if it was going to be like, say, today, which is Monday. They were going to stay for two weeks no matter what. They wanted to work as many people... That was the deal. But the weather was like, mm -mm. guess what, y'all? No, there's the island right there. You see it? That's it. And from the videos that I had seen and the photographs, that island was like just across the street. But the boat was pitching. They couldn't get a helicopter on it, off of it, to get them off of the boat. I'm going to call it a boat because I'm not sure if it was a ship or not. I wasn't there and I would have been so sick. They would have probably said, "Look, man. You got to stop throwing up because you know, just stop throwing up." I'd have been so sick. And I admire these these guys that went out there, did the training and made the effort to go there. And unfortunately, they had 72 hours of high winds and low clouds and fogs and rough seas. Next thing you know, the weather was predicted to be bad for the next four days. So they were just sitting parked there for a while. And then overnight, they have a problem with one of the ship's engines. We're going to say it's a ship because that's what it was. I call it a boat, but it was a ship. Ship has an engine issue. And the captain was like, I don't think it's, it's good. It's unsafe. We can't do it. We're going to abort this expedition. So I know the team uh, clearly is disappointed. You went a long, long way, and they were looking at the island. They were looking at it. It was right there, man, right right there. But they could not get off the ship. They would not have been able to get the equipment, you know, and it could have been a bad deal. Safety first, your family first, and all that stuff. I know they went so far. I think it's 8,000 or more miles from my home. And they took the time and they got the money. I don't know. That's another part of this that I don't know. Um, What happens to all the money? Because the money, you know, a lot of it could have been spent just getting them to this position on the earth to look at the island from across the street. It took a lot of money to get to that point and the training and all this. What happens to that money now? Does that go back? Does that go back in the pot? And they say, hey, we're going to come back and do this again. And when? It seems kind of prickly because you're not talking about a couple G's, like, you know, a couple of thousand dollars. You know, when you go over six figures... On a de-expedition, man, the people who have given you the money or raised the money or sponsored you and there's equipment involved and all that, man, that's going to be rough. That's going to be rough, and I don't know how that works. It's not like the team gets to keep the money. It's either going to have to go back or go back or they're going to have to go back. I'm not sure how de-expeditions really work on the inner structure, especially in terms of that money. Because, you know, they essentially took a long, long trip to stare at this island and get themselves physically ill, which I, I don't know for sure if these guys were throwing up, but I could tell you I would be. Just out going whale watching off the coast of Maine made me sick. Like, oh, you know, that feeling, oh, oh, when's the water going to calm down? Oh, look, a whale. Oh, whale. Well, anybody, anybody got any M&M's? Dramamine? A box? Can I get a box of Dramamine? And some M&Ms. Now, man, this was rough. Rough stuff. So, uh, they're making their way back. It's a long voyage back. And uh, here they come. They're coming back. Unfortunately, we couldn't work them. But, you know, safety really is paramount when you're dealing with anything. These people have families and lives and probably jobs. I wouldn't imagine everybody's retired. You know, and they got to come back and sort all this out. And how disappointing. I'm, I'm sorry to go back to the disappointment of the team. Not so much the hams here. We all want you to come back and be safe. Make it back safely. That's the whole thi- thing, you know. But to go that far, to go through the training, to get the money, to make the preparations, to make all the logistics happen. From all that to creating a website and keeping you posted, taking video, and there is that MFN thing, right? There, it is right there, and I cannot reach it. I cannot get off this ship and work. It is right there. Uh, Right there. Right there. I'm swimming across, and they're like, you know, somebody said, I'm going to swim and Just put it on me, and everything will be dry. Wasn't that close, and rough is rough. That is rough. So a uh, difficult ending to bouvet round one. Bouvet wins round one. But thank you all so much on behalf of the 100 Watts in a Wire community and any that extends in this ham radio community beyond us. Thank you to this team uh, for making the effort to to make the effort. The most remote island. And it's not like, if you're not following along and you're just hearing about it, it's not like coconuts. You know, You get off and you hear the, uh, what are those drums? It's steel drums. And you're eating sugar cane or getting a lay. Where's my flip flops? No flip flops. Cold, man. Icicles coming out of your nose. Yeah, you didn't know that could happen. It happens on Bouvet Island. Boom, boom,
2: boom, 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 boom.
0: Come on home safe now and uh, come and talk to us about it. I want to learn more about that in the process and I'm curious about how, how all this will happen. Maybe they'll put all the money again back in a big pot and then probably need to raise the money again that paid for the first side of the trip, airfares, the ship cost. Maybe they won't have to do all the training again. I don't know to get themselves back to Bouvet Island. Thank you all for trying
1: Safe Journey Home. We'll come back and talk about more next. Whether you say 73 or 73, even 73s, we're still 100 watts and a wire. The SDR you have asked for is
0: here. ICOM's new 7610 is a high performance RMDR with the ability to pick out the faintest of signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The new ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that's SDR that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has an RF direct sampling system, 110 dB RMDR, an independent dual receiver, and dual digi-select. And you can communicate with the new D-Star communication device. Easy to use and operate. The ID31A Plus is available in silver, red, or gold. It offers worldwide digital communication. You can share pictures and text messages. And it's IPX7 waterproof, compact, lightweight, and tough. Visit ICOMAmerica.com amateur for information about all ICOM radios.
1: CQ 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 this is 100 watts and a wire all right welcome back my friends I want to let you know about donating to 100 watts and wire
0: and I'll keep this very brief but if you donate $25 over the course of a year this pledge not only helps the future of our show it helps threefold it can help you too how's this happening C child I don't know I'm gonna give you some money and then what do I get Well, when you give us $25 for the year, that money goes back into the production of the show. One help. The second help is for you. Because now you can have discounts on participating businesses that are active in our sustaining member benefit program. What does that mean? Well, okay. Companies like Radio Waves Antennas MFJ Enterprises, Chameleon Antenna, BioNO Power, NI4L Antennas, and PowerFilm Solar have all agreed that if you give $25 over the course of one year, you can receive discounts on their products just by participating. Paching number two. That's number two benefits. So there's 100 watts in a wire, benefits from your contribution. Your contribution can get you your money back in terms of what you purchase and how the discounts go down and where you purchase. What's the third one you say? Well, those businesses I mentioned, they get a potential sale out of this. So it's a three-fold deal. 100 you and the businesses that are participating perhaps get a sale. It is a feel-good piece, and it seems like every week, someone decides that they're going to buy a new antenna, or maybe they're going to get a new you know, power film solar rollable solar panel, or maybe bio-NO batteries. They are so hot, man. They are hot, and they have changed the game. Well, 10%, or whatever they offer you, it could be more than 10%, it could be 15%. It depends on the company. Depends on the product you're buying. But get in the game there. Visit 100wattsinawire.com, click the Donate page, and then get yourself in the game for these deep discounts. This is Joe, WA2JOE from New Jersey. Lately, I've been researching portable HF antennas as I really want to get outdoors with my radio. I had settled on a vertical whip from MFJ. Then I remembered that supporters of 100 Watts in a Wire are entitled to a member discount from the sponsors. So I went to the 100 Watts in a Wire website, and by golly, MFJ is a sponsor. Well, Christian connected me with Richard at MFJ, and Richard offered me a deep discount on the antenna, more than I had hoped or imagined. The discount brought it in well under budget. It was great. I called Richard, and he set me up right away, and I can't wait to get on the air with my new antenna. Thanks to Christian, MFJ, and 100 Watts and a Wire for helping make this happen.
2: 73s. 100 Watts and a Wire News. This is a true lost and found story of astronomical proportions about a ham named Scott Tilley, V-E-7-T-I-L, of British Columbia. Scott's dad was a ham operator also that got him interested, and since he was around eight years old, Scott's been scanning space with his radio equipment looking for hidden satellites, and it happened in a recent evening that Scott was looking for a U.S. Air Force spy satellite he wanted to check on, but he found a different satellite, and it was a big find. It was a weather craft, a satellite called IMAGE, that NASA lost more than ten years ago. As a matter of fact, NASA had searched for this spacecraft. It was launched in two thousand. NASA lost contact in two thousand five. Searched for it for two years, gave up looking in two thousand seven, and all of a sudden, it's rediscovered by Scott Tilley, V E Seven T I L, in British Columbia. It's a real lost in space story. And we really like it because it was a ham who came to the rescue of the long-lost satellite. I especially like this story because I'm a ham who has trouble finding his headphones when he needs them. Our hats are off to Scott Tilley, uh, VE7TIL, here at 100 Watts and a Wire. I'm Steve, WA5SAT. Back to Net Control with Christian,
1: K0STH. All right, there we go. A lot of news taking place here, none of which
0: is uh, super pressing. Well, I'll lead with Puxatunny Phil. If you're going to trust a rodent to tell you about spring and the winter and the six weeks in between, you know. I do like the cultural aspect of it, though. It is a gathering thing. It's tradition. I love tradition and heritage and respect and etiquette. But that little some bitch only been right thirty nine percent of the time according to the farmer's almanac, and I trust them. I don't trust my local weather forecasters. No offense to our brothers and sisters who are hams predicting things like the weather. But Puck's a tunny, Phil, is like a meteorologist. He's correct thirty nine percent of the time according to the farmers almanac. And to me, that's just not trustworthy. I don't trust a rodent next story. A few weeks ago, you know I get email throughout the, the week. People ask different questions people have been asking about my mobile installation, which I'll go over and we'll revisit for sure. A wise person said the mobile installation is never complete. And I'm kind of understanding that now. I've had some hiccups and I've, I've made some mistakes, and I've had to kind of fix some things, and it's taking longer. I've done this myself, and, you know, I'm hoping it's going to work. I have made a contact from a Missouri, where I am, to Virginia, and I've also gone Missouri to, uh, what is it, uh, Wyoming. So that's a pretty good haul in a mobile, so I felt confident going east to west, that I, I did okay enough, but I've still got some issues, and I'll talk about them on a different show. Not all of my issues we we don't have time for that, and it'd be a whole different show in the brain of this guy, like what a name of a show might do all right. I don't know. We'll develop it maybe, but anyway, people ask questions, and I thought maybe I'd start compiling them, and it seems that you know they, talking about current events is see it seems to be what people want to hear about. you know what do you think about different things? And this one came up. The new expo center that was announced for Hamvention this year has now uh, seemingly gone away. They can't pull this one off. It was a a huge structure that the organizers report that there's a backlog in the prefabricated, prefab building sections and there's a delay. So... The building that was promised coming into this year's Xenia Ham Fest that everybody got excited about isn't going to happen this year. But we're told that there's a 7,500 square foot structure being vacated on the fairgrounds by a furniture store. So they'll be out um, by the time that we all you know come. So there'll be space for us, even more space, just not the original building. Somebody wanted me to talk about that. Look, I'm just excited when the ham fest come around and here we're gonna be in a different place. We used to walk through like feces and things like that and you know and overflowing toilets at Dayton at Hera Arena, which you know, that's how it used to be. We dealt with it. We deal with a lot of noise in our audio as amateur radio operators. We deal with a lot of stuff. Okay, so the building's not going to be ready? Fine. They got another one 7,500 square foot. Great. There'll still be mud. It'll rain one of the two or three days. We'll get wet. We'll catch a cold. We'll slip in the mud. And, you know, it'll just be like old times. I'd rather slip in the mud than in a, a pile of uh, fecal matter. The Intrepid DX Group has created the K3LP Humanitarian and Service Award to honor the group's co-founder, David Collingham, who died last month attempting to rescue uh, his dog on a frozen pond. He was well-known in the DX world. He was a friend and mentor to many. They're going to give his award away in April in Visalia, California. Great, great deal. A difficult, complicated situation. Uh, The man's dog fell through the ice. He went out to help, and he too fell through the ice and died. Another award is seeking nominations. The Young Ham Lends a Hand Award. Carol WB2MGP is looking for nominations. If you know someone who is 19 years old or younger, and they've gone, say, above and beyond to help others, let her know wb 2 mgp at gmail.com with your nominations, and the award will be presented in Xenia during the Radio Club of America Youth Activities. Again, in Xenia this year. And it's almost time for the Young Ham of the Year. Get ready for that if you've got another Young Ham that you want to celebrate and nominate. You may want to check out the Amateur Radio Newsline webpage for more information on that. So many great young people doing great work. Uh, Go ahead and nominate these young people because it's really cool for them. I think so. All right. All right, man. There's so much going on, so much to talk about. I want to talk to you about the toolkit real quick, too. While you're at 100 Watts and a Wire, there is a toolkit. A time-honored tradition among hams is to share the tools we all can't just go out and buy these tools all the time, so it's really a time-tested thing and a thing of honor to give a tool to someone who needs it. Lend it out, get it back later when they need it. We have a 100 Watts in a Wire toolkit that you can you can ask for. Go to 100wattsandawire.com, click toolkit, and find out more. It has gone across the country. There's a little notebook in it for you to leave your QSL card. You know, the project you've worked on. And the only thing you have to pay, now this toolkit, all the contents are listed on the website too. It's no lightweight kit. It's going to get you through quick fixes, things that you may need. Check it out. You'll see everything in it. The only thing you pay is when you pay it forward. So it comes to you for free. And the next person in the queue, when it's your time to send it off, You know, maybe $12 you send it off to the next city or the next ham that needs it. It's a really cool thing. We're proud of that, to offer that. And it travels around the country. And uh, I'm thinking about just asking for it so I can take a look at the notebook. Because it's gone east to west and back again. And I'm curious to see what projects
1: are in there. All All right, more to get to. We'll come back next. When in doubt, hang them high. This is 100 watts and a wire. Bio NO Power lithium iron phosphate batteries offer some of the
0: best performance batteries for any of your HF or other mobile ham radios. With over 2,000 charge cycles and a battery that is super light, only one-third that of AGM or lead-acid batteries, these batteries are a great solution. Visit BioEnoPower.com or contact dealers nationwide, including Ham Radio Outlet, Ham Source, PowerWorks, coms To go Impulse Electronics, Portable Zero, and many others. That's BioNOPower,
1: B-I-O-E-N-N-O-P-O-W-E-R.com. In a land where we're all 20 over, this is 100 watts and a wire i spent some time looking at World Field Day videos
0: on YouTube. Have you checked this out? They're interesting. I mean, they really are. People go all in, and they do it in different ways. QRP, they do it in an RV, they do it uh, in a cabin. And from last week, you know, I did some mobile stuff. I didn't set up, I didn't work the contest in terms of being a contest... Usually what I do during contests is I work stations just to see what my antenna will do. And I did that in a mobile, and that's how I got to Wyoming, etc. But if you're putting around one day, killing time, after you've listened to this show, go over to YouTube and punch in Winter Field Day 2018. You'll see some videos come up, and some are really good, some are not. Some are not even in the cold. Some of them are in the really cold. But you get to see some of the setups, you know? You see what people are doing, and that's what I like. What are you running out there? Some are taking that scenario of, oh man, when the S hits the fan, I want to take this bag and this box, and I can go and get on the air. And some are taking that camaraderie thing, where they get together with their friends or family, and they go and they have a good time. Winter Field Day in Florida is going to be a lot different than... Somewhere that's really iced over and cold. Both have tremendous value to me, though. I love the setups. I like to see how people are working, what they're doing, what parks they're going into. You know, there's certain structure and criteria on field day, and especially winter field day. You need to be a certain amount of feet away from your home, that sort of stuff. You need to be out there doing it. I'm always curious about the generators they're running you know how that power is breaking down what are you doing with the batteries are you using solar panels are you using you know something like a foldable or a roll rollable are you running your battery out or like are you going out into the field to run your battery down and out to make the contacts and let's face it winter field day is a lot different than the field day we experience you know in the warmer temperatures the normal regular field day a lot different temperatures conditions all that sort of stuff can be quite different but i did spend some time searching through the videos in the week between usually they're pretty short and um you can digest those and kind of let them go and you know i'm okay with the quality too people are saying hey, look man how come we don't have a 100 watts on a wire youtube page well i don't do this show on video However, I am considering putting out a 100 watts in a wire page that has sort of extras, supplemental stuff. Maybe me out there at the antenna site, or showing you around my mobile installation, or having other people in our community show you things, different things. You know, the show is going to remain an audio show. I know I can post those up there. You know, if I want to put a camera in play, you know, it's just look. I'm a I'm an audio guy. Uh, And this show is audio-based, so you find it in the usual places. It doesn't mean I can't put this audio podcast, this audio show and format on YouTube in a digital realm. I may do that, but also do some shorter videos of sort of supplemental, the extra stuff, more watts, that kind of deal. So I'm almost there, friends. I'm almost there. I love YouTube. There's some conditions about it. You have to reach a certain amount of people. I think it's a 1,000 um, to kind of, I don't know, if it's to monetize your channel or if it's to just keep it there rele- relevant. You know, there's some things I need to figure out. I don't know. It's, it's enough for me to do the audio portion of this. If I delve into the YouTube side, which is a completely new venture, you know, it's going to take some help, and I'll probably pull some members that I know from the community who can generate some content to put there. But there's value in it, and I found value in the last week going to the Winterfield Day 2018. And you can go back even further on YouTube. YouTube's great. Let's be honest. It's great. After I watch these videos, though, I start to struggle with, do I want to go box? I start to think, do I want to go box or do I want to rack mount my stuff, you know? And I did this before, I'm going back and forth. Do I want to rack mount a small one, you know what I mean? Four or six, you know, something small you can handle on the sides. Everything's there, everything's already hooked up. You just pop off the the back and the front, connect and you're off, well, I don't know. Or do I just want to put it in the old Pelican case style and, um, and go from there? Just break it out, put it on a table. You know what I mean? I've found doing the National Park stuff on the air that I had better luck pulling them out of boxes, laying them out the way I needed to in those conditions or what have you. And that's the way I want or went. And now I think about, do you want to put things in a rack mount? I have a small rack mount that'll work. Um, it's a little different, though. It's a, it's a bit cumbersome. It's wider. You know, it's not deep, but it's kind of wide. You know, I like the things that you can kind of hold in your hands down next to your body, put it in a backpack. So these are things I'm thinking about. First world stuff, okay? This isn't anything that needs to be dealt with immediately. I have no plans at the moment. Although this summer plan on going portable and doing my operations, so I may as well start thinking about it. If you have opinions on rack mounting, go boxes and that sort of thing, by all means, send them across. I also did a little foot switch repair here. At least I thought that's what it was. Last week during the net, and actually uh, probably a couple weeks before that, I don't operate every day. So when I notice something a little different, it's usually during the net. And speaking of the net, we had 65 check-ins in crazy conditions. 40 meters is just beating us up, beating us down. And we had to 75 75-meter phone. But anyhow, 65 check-ins there. And so as we go, and I really like, let me just tell you an offshoot, I really like the way we're doing it. Uh, we're going to refine the way we do things, but essentially we're passing it across the country uh, to take calls and you really don't wait very long. Say if you can't hear a station on the East Coast, the net control on the East Coast, it's coming back out to the Midwest very soon. So in short order, you're going to hear somebody station somewhere. And it moves out to California, South Dakota, Missouri, and up and down the East Coast. And we're able to cast a broad net to bring stations in. And you never really wait that long to hear. So there's times I can't hear net controls on the East Coast. But I know once we move it around, I'm going to start hearing them. I, I may be hearing California better. So uh, when we move the ball around like that, it's like a basketball team. We pass the ball around fast enough. Nobody sits and here is just quiet. We don't have people coming across the frequency saying, "Is the frequency in use. And you're like, hey, dude, what do you mean? We've been here since 7 o'clock because we pass it. We pass it and we don't sit too long in one location. And it always comes back around, so the net controls are busy. They're active. I like this way better. It's not your traditional net, it's not as formal. Uh, So check us out on Thursday night, 0100 UTC on 40 meters. Just spin the dial, you'll find us. We're kind of a traveling caravan of a net. But anyway, as I'm working stations, I figure, I'm like, my foot switch, maybe the sw- foot switch is failing. Like, maybe there's some, something happened in the pedal. And I've got one of those pedals that are kind of like um, emergency 911 uh, dispatchers. You know, they're big and clunky and heavy. You push down on it. They're not the really small push to talk or the flat ones that move around when you step on them. These are heavy duty. It sits there. And I just start to thinking like I'd let off the, when I would transmit, and as soon as I'd let off the foot switch, the volume on my transceiver was low sometimes. And if I quick stepped on the box again, the pedal, it would come up. The level would come up and I'm like, there's a short like somewhere must be in this foot switch. Took it apart. Desoldered, resoldered, put it back in line. And there's only a couple things that this could be now that goes from the foot switch. You know, into the radio. And there's like this little pigtail thing that I found. It's an eight-pin that goes into your well, my iCOM. Eight pins, right? Transfers over to like an eighth inch, and the eighth inch runs down to your pedal. The other part of this little pigtail connector runs to an XLR cable and that XLR runs back to my microphone so that's kind of how it it wise off there and I thought there's only a couple pieces now and I was thinking maybe it's the foot switch check the soldering and I thought you know what because I've got my radios in a rolling cabinet like a rolling rack and it moves around you know, I can move it back and forth. And sometimes I run over this little cable that carries the eighth inch back up to the radio. And I thought, maybe I've run over that so much. I see it in production. Things get run over. They short out all the time. Resoldered, put on a new cable, was determined never to run over it again. I was going to be more careful. That wasn't it. Did it again. It's like, oh, next day is Friday or whatever. Decided I'm going to get myself a new XLR cable, put that in play, and run that out from the microphone back to this little Y pigtail deal that goes into the radio so I can use my foot switch. Replace that. Uh, It seems to be okay, but I'm not convinced of it, so I'm going to get a different cable, this new pigtail. I don't know what it's called but it essentially gets me from my foot switch to my microphone and into my radio so I don't have to use the handheld. So this week, I'll give you another report later when I get everything changed out here, but I think what happened with this little pigtail Y thing that I can't, I don't know what it's called, is that it has to come back up through my rack and it has to make a weird turn, almost like a U-turn into the radio the way it is. You know, it kind of bends there. And I think some wires may have just been pinched and something has changed. So that's kind of what's going It's always something. You know what I mean? At least it hasn't been uh, antenna work out there. Nothing's down. Thank goodness. Knock wood. I think this is particle board, sadly. Let me find the wood. Let me find the wood. Here's some wood. It does definitely looks like wood. There you go. Mm-kay. It could be plastic. Can't we make better products? Why? Why is everything in here? Particle board. It's a different rant. But we've been lucky we haven't had to do too much outside work and uh, I've taken a break from the mobile installation. Uh, This week I'll dive back in. I need to get my um, tuner sorted out, uh, maybe clean up the wires a little bit. But uh, it's in there. I do some listening just like I do at home. We're just not transmitting at the moment. And uh, that's what's going on with me. Let me wrap it up and get out of here. You guys are busy you got things to do if you're living in the Philadelphia area or anywhere else in North America because I only feel that there are one little area of this country that really wanted the Patriots to win. Maybe a couple little specks down in here. But uh, enjoy that and get yourself ready for baseball season. All right, enjoy yourself and your radios and your towers and your antennas. Life is short, getting shorter every day. You know, look, enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself, take care of your family, and by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise.
1: To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsandawire.com.